That's a dreadful ball and Chelsea could be in here with Goff who goes for goal and scores! Finds the back of the net! Henri! What a goal! Inspiration for Arsenal from Thierry Henri! Medler, lovely cushion header for The Ghost Goal Podcast. And we're back. We're back, baby. Are, are we back? I don't know. But Arsenal picking up two wins for the first time since the first opening two games of the season, doubling the point total of Chelsea and Liverpool over the last two game weeks which I never thought I'd be able to say. But um, we had a whole host of games this last week. Um, a lot of interesting draws. Not not a lot of goals. Not a lot of goals. We were, Andrew was wishing for goals, goals, goals in the new year. And I don't know. They it, they seem to have dried up in this we last week. weekend. But we do have we some pretty... Weekend, uh, yeah. Do you have a, some pretty interesting previews coming up um, where there might be a lot of goals. Uh, we've got a Man United Aston Villa coming up on Friday. That's a good one. Tottenham Leeds on Saturday. And then uh, the big one of the weekend is definitely Chelsea-Manchester City um, on Sunday morning. So a lot of big games this weekend, a lot to cover. Alex, how you doing? Could be better. Uh, it, it seems like a Christmas tradition now for Chelsea to slip up and uh, fall flat in their faces. So uh, I, I've been better, but you know. You, you fell to Arsenal's Boxing Day gods. Apparently we haven't lost on Boxing Day since like 1987 or some shit. We're just like gods on Boxing Day for some reason. So we should have seen that one coming, you know. A lot of Chelsea fans were predicting it. I mean, you can take you can take uh, shots are, at me. Are you? <laughs> I mean, are, no. I mean, the, uh, it's listen. You were you were saying three one Chelsea. You were all confident, and I'm not gonna lie. I wasn't. I said two one Chelsea. So like, I wasn't confident in my team either. So I can't take too much credit. But I didn't think Gabriel Martinelli was gonna start which was a big factor in this game and in both Arsenal games, honestly. And the other is that William didn't start in either game, didn't even wasn't even on the bench. And Emile Smith-Rowe got his first two Premier League starts of the season. Um, honestly, I don't think he really started in the Premier League at all last year. I think those may have been his two prim- first Premier League starts ever. And he's looked fantastic for us. He seems to have, you know, I'm not going to say solved the issue of creativity in the midfield, but in the last two games, we've created more chances than we have in the last like seven or eight. So if that's not telling, then I don't know what is. Um, I thought that defensively without Gabriel, which we which we didn't have in these last couple of games to only concede one goal is also pretty heartening, you know, considering that along with a little bit of more defensive solidity we've been able to come up with more attacking threat as well and you know while Aubameyang still looked lackluster you know starting up top against Brighton Lacazette got back-to-back goals and he looks to play well in that nine next to Martinelli and um, Saka Saka's been playing on wing and he's been phenomenal these last couple of games which you know you can really tell that this kid is he's going to be something special because whenever he plays in a little bit more of an advanced role he doesn't have to play wing back and track back all the time like he just dominates down whatever wing he plays, whether it's left or right. To be fair, he's and not even bad in those positions anyway, as like a wing back. No, he's not. He's not. He's he's not bad as a wing back. But I just love seeing him. It's also been I don't know at least a year since I've really seen. I know Aubameyang played left wing last season, but I feel like the the threat that Martinelli poses on that left wing with Kieran Tierney, we didn't see that last season. We didn't see. 
Tierney have like a like a real winger to play with on that left wing. And I really thought it was super effective against Chelsea and Brighton. You know, just the the Tierney overlap along with Martinelli. Just he's he's such a workhorse. He runs up and down the wing the entire time, and he really took you guys to the sword. Like I I thought he was brilliant. I thought Emil Smith Rowe was brilliant. I thought Saka was brilliant, and both games those are those are like my three players of the match. So um, Lacazette was very good as well. But this is a very different Arsenal team to what we've been seeing for the rest of the season. I mean, do you think that just in time you know, any, we're going to keep trotting out? Win, play Chelsea. <laughs> I yeah, hate yeah, that. Yeah. I hate that. But do you trip. think we're gonna keep? <laughs> do you think we're gonna keep trotting out? You know, Emil Smith Rowe and Martinelli, Saka, all these youngsters. I mean, it seems to have worked finally. Like what I've been calling for. I, I know I've been asking for Nelson too, but I just don't know if like those players by themselves are. You know, Jaka the Elneny fix. isn't isn't obviously. Yeah, Jaka Elneny isn't gonna be like the starting midfield once Partey comes also, back and we like get him like, fully fit. Congratulations, Jaka hits one absolute screamer a season. Right, against his one absolute of the big teams. His, his world. He's done right. it to Manchester United a couple times. Uh, and this time it was Chelsea, and it was right before halftime. And then Bukayo Saka, I mean, like you said, you were just praising him. Uh, we, we both agreed that the third goal that he scored in, I think it was the 56th minute, <laughs> like I, it, it came from a crazy angle that like you didn't even register it as a goal when he first scored it. You thought, like, where's the deflection? But then you see the like, replay and you realize, I just oh, don't know who he would have been crossing yeah, it there to. There was no one at the back post there was to no cross one there. to, and he played it with his right so, foot, his weaker foot into the, the back left corner from like a right sided position. He claims he saw box. Mendy off his line and he chipped That's what him, he said. I'm and sure honestly, any player would I, I say can't, that. Like, I, I can't like disagree with him. Like it looked like he meant it in the replay, but it was an absurd goal. Uh, I mean, I don't want to get into the penalty. We've had the discussion over texts. I mean, you can rain hellfire down upon me if you like want to disagree that much. But here's well, the thing. Was, here's, was Timo here, Werner on the well, pitch? I don't know why he didn't I'll take say, the penalty, no, right? Like, uh, oh, oh, Arsenal's Arsenal's penalty, yeah, you're saying? Arsenal, Arsenal's yeah, penalty. Yeah, you, you don't think it was I mean, a penalty. I, think, I was okay. about to just say, I, just, I think at best, like my, my most optimistic, I think it's a soft penalty that if the referee hadn't given, VAR would not have gone back and ruled it a penalty. But I, but I think I that's also, fair. But, but I think the fact that VAR up? very quickly I, follow up. I sure. know you, you're saying like they followed up and said it is a penalty after he gave it. I, I just think it's another example of like a shitty situation for the attacking player where I don't think what was done was a foul. But in order to win the foul, a player has to go down. So it puts the attacking player like if he stays up, he doesn't get a penalty there. Uh, but because, you know. There was like it's one of those things that like I would rather the players stay up, but I understand why like you know for the best for their team they have to go down in that position. And Reese James got beat initially and then made another mistake off of his first mistake, you know, getting uh, dribbled past by Tierney on the wing. I know that you said to me like Reese James isn't the type of player to complain, but he had no, no, no complaints. He, he was not, not like what the fuck that wasn't a penalty. Like, like a very, he was just like all right. He's a very passive. Like that, he like put his head guy. down and was like, "Yep, that was a penalty." He wouldn't, he wouldn't go walking up to the referee and screaming in his face like, even if it was the most like obnoxious. I don't know. Like, it feels like weeks if, ago, if, do you if he the thought it was a dive, he would have he would have said it's a dive. The Wolves penalty that was overturned in the game where Neto goes down. Yeah, Reese was just talking to Neto. He wasn't like freaking out. He was he was calm the whole time, and he was the one that was given against. And he just knew. He just said, "Like it's out of my hands. Like it's out of my control." Like he's pretty mature in that way. So I don't think he would freak out even if it like was a completely despicable decision. But 
I just want to jump back to, I know you're praising a lot of these young players who were like Emil Smith-Rowe coming into the team, uh, Saka. Well, just, just showing yeah. heart because the, you something it's obvious different. that the veteran something players... something different from Willie and yeah. passing it backward or playing in a cross that's not going to anyone. Right, or Oba. I mean, Oba missed his like one really good chance he had against Brighton. Um, yeah. against Brighton. I don't... He didn't play against you guys, but I mean, it feels like the veteran players are just taking a paycheck right now. They're not kind of going through the motions. They Maybe they think the season's over, but like there's still stuff to play for this season. And it was really nice to see players come into the team who hadn't been in the team all season. You know, Martinelli and Emile Smith-Rowe, especially Emile Smith-Rowe, because, you know, he's a player who I know you're high on, who I've been touting his, how good he's been. He's just he's he's had a really hard time with injuries in the last you know year and a half or so. So for him and Martinelli to come back and actually chip in immediately when they've come back, it's pretty surprising and, and a little bit heartening, you know? Yeah, I'm sure it is. And of course, it had to happen the weekend Chelsea came to the Emirates. Hey, we're only six points behind Chelsea now. You got you were you were laughing about our relegation trouble. I mean, are we out of relegation take a, take trouble a look now? At Alex? The, take a look at the table. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like it. Yeah, it's, it's congested as fuck. Right. <laughs> it's crazy. I mean, yeah, we're like twelve points off top and like twelve twelfth. No, like a lot more off bottom now. We're 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 closer to the top of the table again. Everything is back to normal. No, I mean it's not. But it was just nice to get back to back wins. It hasn't happened. Till this season and it was unexpected i mean the the brighton win was f- i think fairly comfortable um as as comfortable as a one nil can be and looking forward we, we play west brom this weekend and i know that west brom have you never know with west brom We're slightly get boosted. To them like second, yeah they got sure. they they got their they got their draw against liverpool and then they've kind of gotten their asses handed to them the other two games that they played well, i think no, they, got, they, got they the, lost five nil to they got Leeds. The draw with city right before yeah village was sacked and then since the yeah, since Sam was hired, they uh, they lost the first game. I forget it was to who it was. But then the second game was that Liverpool one, where they get the one one draw right at the end with a set piece. I, they lost three nil to Villa, yeah. and that was unlucky because they got a red card exactly. in the first half and everything. And then and- in that Leeds game, uh, they just completely fall apart after they score an own goal. Uh, they, they just can't overcome making the initial mistake. As soon as they make any kind of mistake, it's the game's over for them. So for this Arsenal game, I think you guys still need to be wary. Uh, but I mean, oh, absolutely. I mean, they got a home draw against Liverpool in a game where Liverpool got an early they game. They also and you have thought, like moments like this is be they three went or three up against us at home, and like we made the mistakes that allowed them to and go messed up. up but, like, yeah, it's to, not like they don't yeah. have fight in them. You just have to sort of like get them handled early, and you know, end the game by halftime, kind of. I just think this is going to be the 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 first game of the season, really. That we go into it thinking we're favorites, you know, like I think this this whole time we've been kind of in our own heads thinking we're not supposed to win this game or, we're you know, we're playing like shit and, you know, the players have put their head down a lot. I kind of feel like going into this game, especially if we can, if I know that William and David Louise were like sick or some shit the last couple of games. Stay sick, you motherfuckers. Like, I don't want you back. You stay sick. Stay the hell away from my team. If I see William starting against West Brom, I'm going to rage. I'm going to be so angry because, like, we've won our two games without him, okay? Just stay the fuck away from our team. And, yeah, I, I want Lacazette to start. He He's looked really good playing at that nine position without Aubameyang, like, taking up the same positions and spaces him. And I don't know if maybe we should rest Martinelli, you know, maybe take him off, put him off the bench. But he has, because he, he played three well, straight well, games after coming out of injury. A, I think so. there's a week off and then FA Cup next weekend. After after this, so there is a chance to rotate. Yeah, William can next start week. there. William can start in, in the exactly. FA Cup. So you can so keep good. playing the first team players just for the end of this New Year's 
uh, slash Christmas stretch. I, and I, then I'm going to say two one Arsenal for against West. Yeah, two one sounds about right. Yeah. Connor Gallagher with a with a with a bomb, yeah. thirty yard bomb. I feel like they yeah they might get a go- they might get a goal, but I don't. I, I feel like we're back to. I, I think Gabriel tested positive for COVID. That's why he's been out, and he's going to be out a couple of more games. I think till after maybe the FA Cup game, which is very unfortunate. But I think him getting a rest when he was playing so many games is not the worst thing in the world, especially since we got two wins. Um, and then I uh, just one one last player I really want to praise. Who I don't know why he seems to always show up against Chelsea, but Rob Holding, he played really really well against Chelsea. Played well against Brighton, and hasn't i mean paulo mari's been okay coming into the team because he oh he's another player who hasn't played at all his first couple of premier league starts you know only concedes one goal i know that he conceded the penalty against chelsea so it's a little bit he didn't have a great game against chelsea but i thought rob holding was phenomenal against you guys really shut down a lot of your attacks especially timo Werner, and he was really good at you know aerially against brighton and, and really limited their chances so he's a player who seems to be growing with a lot of you know, continuous starts in the team. And it just seems like he's another young player. I think he's like 24, 25. I mean, no, it's not like the youngest, but for a center back, that's relatively young. So I'm glad that there's a little bit of heart in this team and they're not just dying away. So um, I'm not convinced you're completely back just yet, but I, I, I do think your I, luck I is just kind of turning and the, you know, yeah, I was trying, I was saying the last few weeks, like we've been, we've been unlucky and we needed a little bit of luck. We got it in the Chelsea game and a little bit in the Brighton game. Like, we needed some luck. It was eventually going to turn our way. We weren't going to keep losing every game. Like our team's too good for that. Like I'm sorry, but it was the but, same but with the Chelsea. Like, Chelsea and their season. That. You know, having Smith. Absolutely, Rowe, the changes I mean, facilitated. You still have Shaka Bellerin to figure out why they're still playing yeah. so much. Thomas Partey right. is going to come back. You know, he. I don't think Shaka is going to be getting as much game time. Same thing, Bellerin. I mean, I'd like to see Ainsley Maitland Niles play more, but. He didn't have a terrible game against. He usually shows up against Chelsea. He, he played decently against you guys as well. So, do you want to get into the uh, some of the other games coming up this weekend? While also, because yeah, I mean, we can we can go into this Chelsea Man City game because I, I mean, is it going to happen? Like, I know that City so, had their game so postponed as of, against as Everton. Of today, uh, City seemingly have gotten the COVID uh, exposure or the, the the COVID cases down, and they were back in trading. Uh, so, uh, as of today, Wednesday, December thirtieth, uh, the Chelsea Manchester City game is on. But you never know what could happen. Like that, that Manchester City Everton game that was supposed to be on Monday was, yeah, I think it was called off like the morning of or the afternoon of, and then a couple days later, the Tottenham today, game, Tottenham and yeah. Fulham, that was called off with maybe two hours two until two hours kickoff. earlier. Like, Jose yeah. Mourinho That's was tweeting ridiculous. or Instagramming. Like this is supposed to be the biggest league in the world, and we still don't know if we're playing a game like tonight. So it, it's it's all very up in the air, is what I'm trying to say. It's it's but yeah, I mean, before that, Man City did get a two nil win against Newcastle, which we kind of we kind of called and expected, which was a good win for them. It puts them back into the running for for the title race, especially because Liverpool did get two draws um, over this past couple two game weeks two surprising draws we can, uh, against we can wait. We can wait for west that brom one a bit. <laughs> we do we do need to talk yeah about we can that wait sure. we can wait Let, let's go into let's go into the chelsea city game if it does happen you know do you think chelsea are going to bounce back after one point in the last two games and honestly you guys have been pretty dismal for the last four or five games it's it's a run that goes back to before the arsenal game yeah i mean since the beginning of uh december pretty much we did have that big uh four nil uh, win against Sevilla in the Champions League, but ever since then we, you know, went to Everton, lost one yeah, nil, so you've, so went to you Wolves, lost to Wolves, lost to Everton, 
beat West Ham, which was a yeah, good win. But played badly but, while winning 3-0. It was the weirdest 3-0 yeah, I've, ever, I've yeah. ever seen. So it's it, it, we're not exactly in great form, but you know we do have some players coming in and out of the, the team, and we did rotate a lot for that Aston Villa game, which I thought would be a benefit. But this Manchester City game... It, it, it I, must win is too strong of a term, but it would be a really good sign. Just you know, we, if we could still just beat a team like Manchester City at home, uh, where we just beat them under similar I think you, circumstances. Yeah, back I think in if July. you lose to them, then you 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 know your your top four chances are going to take a big hit because I think a draw wouldn't be the I, worst I still result. Think but I think that four, the way I'm, that the I'm not season's even going about right, that now? right now, like I, I know what you're. How are you not worried I know what you're about saying. that? Like, like, there's so many teams that are like, playing well, are, and it's hard to win games and put games together. There are seven points separating but, but here's second the thing. to Javier, 12th. Here's the thing. Chelsea, I think we've reached, like, maybe 40%, maybe 50% at most of our, our best kind of form. Like, I know there's probably not going to be a moment in the season where we have everyone available, but we've been playing a good chunk of this season with Timo Werner, our biggest goal-scoring threat that we signed for $60 million or whatever, play, playing either out on the left or the right and switching him with Pulisic and switching him but, with Ziyech. But I don't understand. Like, you haven't needed but to do I'm that. what I'm saying is I, I think there, there has to be a time where Frank Lampard just sticks Timo Werner in the middle. And if we're going to be playing for periods of a game, like kind of a defensive sit-back kind of system, which we do. We don't press crazily the entire game. We kind of you know, take it in turns with whoever we're playing against to, you know, take the impetus and like be the attacking force and then sit back and try and invite them forward and hit them on the counterattack. We have a lethal counterattack, but we're doing it with, you know, Tammy Abraham, who for as good as he's been, he's like the, his holdup play and his timing of his runs in behind has not been really up to snuff yet. And Timo Werner, I think a big reason why he is missing so many like big chances, like it's not like he's not getting chances. He's missing good chances game after game. I, I think it's because he's so not in those normal positions. Why does he deserve to be your center forward? I mean, he's coming from the Giroud left. Giroud is scoring every he's start. Trying to like, Giroud has like eleven goals in but eleven games. You can't games. play Giroud in every single why, game. Why? Why do you, you not can't start play Giroud? Giroud in every game? Like you have to rotate him and oh, play agree, him but I'm at saying the right Giroud, time, like that Villa game. Olivier Giroud should be should be your starting but center forward. Javier, come on, man, be realistic. He's thirty five, like or thirty three. Sorry, thirty three. He's, he's 33, 33. He's got a he's lot of games on him. August, I don't think yeah. Olivier Giroud wants to play every single game. I think he wants to start like a good amount of games, like every two or three games. Like, and it's been a busy period of the season. So we have other strikers. All three of those players have eight or more goals in all competitions, which there's not many other teams that can say that about their entire team, let alone their strike force. So I, I think you stick Timo Werner in the middle with two wingers. Callum Hudson-Odoi, you can't deny, was one of the best players on the field second half against Arsenal and was, again, very good against Villa. He, he set up Tammy's goal in the uh, the Arsenal game with the, the whipped cross that hit off Tammy's knee and went in. No, yeah, he was very good. Uh, I think you keep starting him as long as Ziyech isn't healthy. When, he's, when he is, get Ziyech back into the, the lineup and rotate a bit. And Christian Pulisic, I think, is slowly creeping back into form. He's looked brighter and brighter uh, the more he's played. So the hope is keep as many wingers as possible healthy and stick one of Werner, Abraham, and Giroud in the middle. And depending on the matchup, we'll start banging in goals again and get back into form. I'm really confident. Like, we have so much more talent than we did last year, and I wasn't worried I just, when we did to this be honest, last year. You do, have way more, you do have way more talent than you did last year, but my doubt is in Frank Lampard. I mean, I'm, I, for one, am happy you guys are keeping him and aren't just firing him right now and going and getting Tuchel because... If you went and got a big coach like that, 
I'd be very scared of what he could do with the talent in this squad. I just don't think Frank Lampard is going to be the manager that's going to get you to like win a title with this squad. Or you know, I think it's it's going to be like barely getting top four. Yeah, which is here's with, the thing: with as big of an investment, come come back as to me. Has like, been, no one's no one's making know. that point at the end of the previous season. You're only waiting to make these kinds of points when it's a month into a bad run of results, and that's fine. People can do that, but you know. I don't hear anyone criticizing Frank Lampard when he goes on like a 10 game unbeaten streak like we did in, earlier in the season and, you know, gets first from that Champions League groups, goes to Sevilla and wins 4-0. Like no one's taking that opportunity no, to criticize it's- him. It's just waiting for the right time. And it's the same thing towards Arteta. Like no one's going to come for Arteta right now. He's two games in a row. He's just beaten Chelsea on uh, Boxing Day in like, like the game of the weekend. So he's in he's in a good mood, but... Uh, yeah, I just think we, we need to be a little bit more patient with especially managers who don't have the experience. I get it. That's also a part of why you think we should sack him. But uh, I still believe. I'm just talking like, about like believe. the Chelsea MO, which is going for the big money players, going for the big money coaches. Whenever someone's but, underperforming but this is different. even like, slightly, you, you they have sack to understand, them. You have to understand and that this is different because the academy yeah. has been so I mean, much this, more heavily they, evolved. Also, because they've it's given so much money to, to this manager, they're not going to just fire him. I agree. I think they're going to let him you know, realize his vision and at least give him to the end of the season. I think if he doesn't make top four, you're probably going to fire him. Wouldn't be surprised, and but at the same well time, I, I don't know. They, they, you never know. With It's been 15 years of firing a manager every second right, year. Let's, so it, let's get a score, Alex. What do you think is going to happen in this Chelsea City game? Uh, I think it's going to be a draw. I think it's going to be a high-scoring draw. 2-2, uh, though. Not anything more than that. City are a good defensive team. But I think with us kind of being forced a bit more to sit back and counter, I think Timo Werner central with yeah, City, City have by far the best defense in the league right now. Yeah. Uh, only have conceded 12 goals. Um, next to actually Aston Villa, which is a little surprising, but Emmy Martinez, um, great season, yeah. But yeah, I agree with you, Alex. I think a draw sounds like a, like the type of result that would it would benefit Chelsea. You guys would stay above City, and I think you wouldn't be like decimated with a draw. But I think if you lose, and then some teams like you know Southampton, who are level on points with you, West Ham and Leeds and Arsenal and Wolves are all on your tail now. I think if all those teams pick up wins or pick up points on you guys, you guys could really be in a dogfight, even for like Europa this year, if if the, the bad form continues, which who knows? The, the league's crazy this year. So crazier things have happened. And I think that at least a draw. Would yeah, be I mean, like important two game. games ago, maybe even a game ago, uh, if we had won, we would have been in second place. So like I, I'm, I'm really not like getting too caught up right now in. You know, because because the title is out of the window. We know that. So now we're just like, all right, let's get right the ship and, you know, string some wins together and we'll be back in the top four like pretty soon. Uh, But I was actually I know on paper, the Manchester City game with Chelsea is probably like the the biggest highlight game of the of the weekend. But I thought we would probably go into Manchester United Aston Villa first. I was going to say we should probably talk about that now because these are two teams that have had uh, probably the best like Christmas periods. Two pretty good games on Friday, just briefly right before that Villa United game. We've got Everton West Ham at 12.30 Eastern time, and that's two teams that are very close to each other in the table. Everton is currently fourth right now. If they win their game in hand that they have on Liverpool, they will be one point behind Liverpool in the table and making a push. They're not going away. Like We thought that they were going to go away, and they've now won four straight games. Like Since they drew Burnley, they've now beaten Chelsea beaten Leicester, beat Arsenal, and beat Sheffield. 
I know Sheffield's not like that big of a win, but they've beaten three strong teams. Uh, Arsenal and, not even that and, big and of a win either. But they single-handedly beat... scared Manchester City into faking COVID cases so they could get out of the getting no, up. Yeah, I'm kidding. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I, I just, I mean, I, I, Everton are finding ways of getting you know one goal wins here and there. They're doing the Ancelotti thing, and if they, it, it's we thought that they were going to fall away when they had that little bad patch of form, but they've come back. And now, like I say, if they win their game in hand, which is which is against Manchester City. They're going to be a point behind Liverpool. They're going to be above United, and I think you, you got to talk about them to still be in this Europa Champions League right now talk because them and Villa are not going away right now. Like Villa as well, they seem to be the real deal. You know, I don't know how they keep doing it, but Villa are also unbeaten in like six or seven games. You know, they beat Wolves, beat West Brom, beat Crystal Palace, drew Chelsea. Like this is a good team right now, and I think there's there's more quality on paper on the Everton side, but I'm I'm convinced. And, and West Ham, they were a team we were calling to to get relegated, right? And uh, <laughs> like I, they're also not really going away. They're playing well, but I I think they're not going to be in the right. European. I think, I think they're going to end up a like little bit of 10th, a gap 11th. between like Everton and Villa, and yes. then West Ham. And I agree with you. But well, let's see when Antonio comes back sure. because they've been missing that like dynamic striker, their best player, and. Um, I think that'll that'll be a fun one at twelve thirty. But yeah, Man United Aston Villa. This is the type of game that if United are going to be, we said it, we said it last last pod. If they're going to be title contenders, they had to beat Wolves. They got the last minute goal with a Marcus Rashford deflection in the ninety fourth minute. Deflection. Not the way that I envisioned it. Uh, yeah, what a wicked deflection! It was really harsh on Wolves because Wolves had played really well and had really ma- you know forced ahead to make some good saves. To be sa- fair, Patricio had made some good saves as well, but it really looked like it was going to be a nil-nil draw. And you know, Fergie time at Old Trafford for Alex for Alex Ferguson was there, and they pick up a huge, huge win, which actually puts them now three points behind Liverpool um, with a game in hand. If they win their game in hand, they will be level on points with Liverpool. And this this game is huge. I mean, if Villa win it, they're going to be a point behind United. Like, uh, I don't know. It's it's. I, I think they're going to be looking for at least a draw in this game. I think and they managed it. I know they're going to fancy themselves they because it last year, I remember Grealish scoring like a crazy goal at Old Trafford. Yeah, they they're they're. I think they're the real deal this year. I mean, I don't think that they're going to be. I think they're kind of like Sheffield last year, where they're extremely hard to beat. They're getting goals. They're beating some teams like three or four nil, like Sheffield did last year, and like even especially at home, they seem to be just really, really hard to beat. And away from home, that's you know that's going to be their mo as well. So uh, I kind of have a sneaky feeling United win though. I don't. They keep they keep getting there. They keep finding ways to get wins. And although Villa have not lost in the last like six yeah, or seven games, once, so and that was to us on Monday. <sighs> they, they're. Yeah, that's kind of crazy, right? They've only conceded one goal in their last and five to be, games. To be that's, fair, that's impressive. The, the game against Chelsea was on uh, Monday, two days after both of us had played on Saturday uh, morning, uh, and they they, they didn't, didn't really rotate. rotate. Like I thought it was going to cost them rotate because uh, at center back because Ming's got a, a, a two yellow cards in the first game of the weekend, and then and he's a huge player. The rest for them, of their yeah. team was the same, and I thought, oh, okay, this will be good. We've rotated a lot, and Villa will like sort of drop off with like their fitness, but there was no drop off. They're they're just a good, solid defensive unit that have a really good decision maker and Jack Grealish when he triggers those counterattacks, and 
if they're not scoring goals or uh, in good form, uh, one of those attacking players, then they do the, the hard work off the ball. Like Ollie Watkins has not been in great form, but he's still working his ass off. Anwar El Ghazi is Villa scoring all the up. goals right now. And, you know, they're just right. riding the wave. And good for them. They're- they are they picked up a draw at Chelsea and they won 3-0 against Crystal Palace, which is to me was an impressive win purely because they did get a red card in the 45th minute, had to play half the game. Um, you know, they were up 1-0 at that point, but you would have thought that they were going to maybe shut up shop. No, they went and got two more goals against this this Crystal Palace side. And honestly, the the, the one player that's really impressed me these last couple weeks, Bertrand Traore. Yeah, he's he's been, very been good. on fire for them. He's been playing super well. Arguably has taken up the mantle that Grealish has kind of let go. Grealish hasn't been scoring um, or assisting much yeah, in the last couple weeks. You, but you still look at him as the player who is, you know, making no, every decision the, the for where Absolutely. the ball is going on the counterattack. And he's their Eden Hazard. Like even when he doesn't score or assist, like he's just Winning like he's just a massive nuisance. Yeah, and, he's, yeah. He, he is a nuisance. Absolutely, he's the player that he's the type of player that. Is gonna, if they somehow get Europe this season, like it's going to be because of him. So, but I think Bertrand Traore kind of popped up out of nowhere and didn't. We didn't really see him. And same with Al Ghazi. Like they're they're players who are popping up now, getting goals, getting assists, and playing well that we didn't see. And and their center back House, who pl- debutized instead of Mings, and he's been getting goals recently. I don't know. They, they I don't know where they're pulling these players out of their asses. But Villa look really good right now. You know, what? I'm going to say one-one. I'm going to give Villa the the nod here and, and think that they could actually get a result at Old Trafford. Because yeah, they've been pretty dog shit at home. And I, I mean, I don't think we could. We know. can't say they, that anymore. Like they they struggle against good or well set up defensive teams, which you would definitely qualify Villa as. But I don't think this Villa team are 100 percent committed to you know just you know quote parking the bus for 90 minutes. They they want to get on the ball and uh, attack a bit themselves. There there are some spaces to exploit here that I think United will be able to at least a couple times. So I'll say like 2-1. But it's going to be tough. It's going to be very tough. All right, well moving on and then we've got Saturday morning at 7:30 for not too hungover. Is it, is Friday night no. New Year's? No, no, no. no. So if you're not too hungover. Oh, okay. well, so actually this is good that the the New Year's Day games start at 12:30. You exactly, can, uh, exactly. I remember last year Chelsea playing at 7.30 a.m. on New Year's Day, and I had gotten home from the New Year's Eve party I was at and just stayed up from when I got home at 6 a.m. and then fell asleep during the second half of the Chelsea game. <laughs> uh, yeah, not ideal. But we have a, we have a Tottenham-Leeds game, which um, Leeds, during this last break, showed again that they're they're not getting relegated, Alex. They, uh, they had two quote-unquote relegation six-pointers. They beat Leeds 1-0. Yeah, not... And not then they went out and destroyed West Brom 5-0. So looks like they're not getting relegated. And they're now, I think, three points behind Chelsea. So, you know, it's it's it, the table's incredibly congested right now. This lead side, I'm sure, will think that they can get something against Tottenham. Tottenham are definitely going to let them have the ball and let them attack them and try to beat them on the counterattack. But I think this lead side is, is pretty pretty well set up for that type of strategy. They, they weren't well they, set up for it a week or so ago against Manchester against United. United. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So maybe 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 they do get dogs, but I think I think the one thing that's going to really benefit Tottenham is they're going to get they're going to have had extra rest coming into this game where uh Leeds I believe played on Tuesday and the Tottenham side will have had a full week off. So I don't know how beneficial that's going to be playing Saturday at 7:30. I think it'll be a slight advantage to Tottenham, and I think it'll be 3-1 Tottenham. Yeah, that, that sounds about right. Maybe even like 4-1. Uh, 
It really depends uh, whether we start to see a bit of a fatigue set in for Leeds, like you said. Uh, we haven't seen it yet. Then again, though, I uh, mean, Leeds did did pounce 5-0 away from home on this West Brom side. They looked electric. It's, I mean, I know that they just beat Leeds, and, or they just beat Burnley and West Brom, so we can't put too much praise on them right now, especially because they were kind of out of form before those two games. I just think that they got... They got this lead uh, side, Burnley got absolutely they can beat anyone on their day. The ref absolutely screwed yeah, them. Yeah, they did. With the, uh, the, they the did. They did with the penalty. Not the penalty. No, the um, uh, the, the Burnley goal oh. that uh, they scored. That the uh, I forget which referee it was, but he said that Ashley Barnes or Chris Wood had fouled the goalkeeper and that and in the build up to the goal, and it was not really a foul, but you know, leads leads have you know they've taken advantage of their chances like more often than not. So I, I think there'll be a big test for Tottenham. Uh, but and the reason I don't think the fatigue will set in is I actually had heard a Leeds fan on a podcast like a couple weeks ago saying that the fatigue factor won't be an issue in the Premier League because they've been playing in the championship for the last couple of years and there's more games to play in the championship and there's more three game weeks in the championship than you get as like a promoted or mid-table club in the Premier League without Europe. So it's stuck in the back of my head and made me worry about my prediction and it doesn't seem to have gone away because they're they don't look like they're slowing down they 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 still work with all the same amount of energy and they've got goals coming from every part of the pitch so yeah they've they've i mean they've been rotating a little bit we were talking about like their injuries to their back line in the last pod and it seems they've gotten a few of those players back and then you know their front like four or five that they play um bamford rafinha Um, Harrison and Rodrigo, you know, they, they seem to be rotating those like three, you know, kind of switching off a player. Bamford starts every game, but the other players have, have each had a little bit of rest. So it seems like he's, he's still rotating some and still keeping the squad fresh. So yeah, I agree. I don't think this is going to be an easy game. And honestly, if it goes like two, two, I I could, I could also see that happening like a two, two leads Tottenham, but I'm going to give Tottenham the benefit of the doubt here because they have the rest. Um, but they haven't been on great form of late. You know, they really we were calling them to be you know tighter title, possibly contenders. But since they've were. beaten Arsenal, <laughs> you're right. Since they've beaten Arsenal, they've only picked up two points in the last four games, which is pretty interesting. Arsenal have picked up seven in, during that run, and uh, you know we've been gaining some ground on Tottenham. We're only six points behind them now. So my my thought that we there's no chance we finish above them this season. Now there's like a tiny slight hope. So um, let's go Leeds. Let's go Leeds. I want Leeds. For to once, win. I will actually. Yeah, this is probably the the game that I don't know who I would root for in this. <laughs> Again, like can both of them lose? Uh, I'll say two two. Then a couple not so great games on Saturday. Crystal Palace versus Sheffield at ten. Probably not watching that. And then Brighton Wolves. That might be all right. Um, that's Saturday at twelve thirty. And then Arsenal play West Brom, which we already talked about, Saturday at 3 p.m. So a lot of games on Saturday. The Arsenal and the Tottenham ones are probably the fun ones to watch there. On Sunday, we've got Burnley versus Fulham at 7 a.m. Nope, definitely not waking <laughs> up for that. Newcastle versus Leicester, 9.15. Uh, probably still sleeping. And then, definitely going to wake up for this one. Chelsea-Manchester City, uh, Sunday at 11.30. We already talked about that one. Um, I don't know when they're going to reschedule that. That city game. I mean, they've got the Everton got the game. Whole that'll second be a fun one to watch. To work they, with. they do it for FA Cup all the time. They'll yeah, find yeah, somewhere. Yeah. Um, and then the final game of the weekend is going to be Southampton Liverpool. Two teams who Liverpool 
I know I was saying that like it looks like they've Liverpool have turned a corner and weren't going to be dropping points against these so-called lesser teams, and they go and draw West Brom and draw Newcastle and draw yeah. Newcastle who. And they've so they've drawn Fulham, Newcastle, and West Brom in their last five games while beating Palace seven nil and then beating Tottenham. They're a little bit Jackal and Hyde right now. I mean, I think they've been a little bit unlucky with these draws. I know that they've like gotten a lot of chances and a lot of shots in the game, have have had a shitload of possession. It it kind of feels like Man City last year, where they were playing really well but not getting results, like they were getting a lot of draws and random losses. I mean, they still only lost one game this season and have the best goal difference in the league. Are you worried about this Liverpool side? I mean, do you think this is just like a little bit of a blimp because of the fixture yeah, congestion I'm, and because I'm no of the injuries? I'm more worried about or? them than I was when they won 7-0. I, we were saying then, like, the league can turn in two games like that. You're, you've heard, like, two, two to three game weeks ago, you're talking about Tottenham being in a title race. They lose to Liverpool and draw a couple teams, and now you're thinking, can they make top four? What, what I'm saying is that the, the same goes the opposite way. You know, Liverpool, it's a tough game against Southampton that is a very different test to what they will have faced in Newcastle and and uh, that West Brom team who are were obviously always going to sit deep and you know so, try and limit the scoreline and just get them on a set piece. The the Southampton game, they have just as good if not like a better chance of winning that game even though it's against tougher opposition than they would would have winning those last two games against the the parked bus teams. It, the space that they're going to have to work in and the the battle of these two pressing systems that Klopp and Alpine Klopp, Ralph Hasenhutl both use. Uh, it's going to be fun to watch, and they've got a little bit more time to rest since it's on Monday at 3 p.m., and after that, they'll have FA Cup games uh, to worry about, so they can rotate substantially in those, depending on who their matchup is. So Southampton, they're still, yeah, they're still in the mix for, I mean, top four right now. I mean, they're, they're tied on points with Chelsea, 26 points. They've only conceded two goals in their last five games. Couple of pretty lackluster nil-nil draws, one against Fulham and then one I, against I don't West think Ham care at all. In the last couple of games. <laughs> like, no, I don't think so either. I mean they only lost one nil against City, they drew with us, and then they beat Sheffield three nil. That's the last five games. So they've been they've still been good. Um I think that this has been a you know, a, a fixture congested list for them and, and to have a couple of draws that were lackluster, I, th- I don't. I think it's fine. I think this is the type of game that they'll look at and say, if we can somehow get a, at least a draw out of this, they'll be very happy. Oh, he just keeps and things afloat. I think it, if Liverpool draw a third game in a row here, then they could find themselves. Yeah, I think if they draw, they'll still be top of the table. But you know, they're they're gonna they really have United, Leicester, Everton. Everyone's nipping on their heels now again after those couple of draws and, and a couple of points dropped, four points dropped. So. They've just brought um, Thiago back. I know too. Liverpool will will want to. Yeah, I think Liverpool will want to get back on track. I kind of feel like they are. I think Southampton have been a little bit, especially with the goals they've been they've dried up of late. I'm gonna say one nil Liverpool. I'm gonna say two two uh, because Joel Matip looks like he's gonna be out for two to three weeks. So they'll have to play. I think Nathaniel Phillips, who came on in the uh, Newcastle game or started, I can't remember. Uh, I mean, Fabinho's obviously been playing well there, and having Thiago Alcantara in, coming into the midfield certainly is going to help with their like ball retention and them dominating possession a bit more and winning that pressing battle against Southampton. But I, I think that that open spot at centre back with, that Phillips is going to be attempting to fill for this this Southampton game is it's one they're going to have to worry about because Ings is properly back from his injury now. He's not scoring quite yet, but. Ings and Adams are both, I still think, very big threats. 
Uh, and there's not many teams that have a two striker system like that. That's as dangerous as those two and can combine as well as them. So I think the goals will come back for, for both teams in this one, but it will end two, two. It's a good one though. I'm looking forward to so it. So I think, yeah, that is a good one. I think the only team that we haven't really hit on um, of like the top eight or nine teams is Leicester City, who got a 2-2 draw with Manchester United, which was, I mean, it was a really fun game. I think that was a little bit unlucky for them to, ha- to get a 2-2 draw. I mean, United, they both had their chances. And then they got a, a kind of a lackluster draw with Crystal Palace, who you would have thought that they might have won. Do you think this Leicester side are going to you know continue this push? And they're, they're four points off the top right now. You know, three points above Chelsea, Spurs, and City. Do you think that they're going to continue this push to top four this year? I mean, this is kind of where they were last year going into the new year, and then they fell off. So, are they going to fall off a cliff again? Do you do you see this 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 team? I mean, I believe that um, Guaita saved uh, Inhanacho penalty, so they 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 probably should have won that Palace game. They definitely had the chances. They just kind of squandered them, and I don't know. Uh, Vardy wasn't on the pitch, obviously. I'm just so. interested to see what Leicester do in the transfer window, to be honest. I mean, it should open in a, a day or two. I think they still haven't gotten Ricardo Pereira, who was a huge part of their team back in. You know, I think Fafana still, or um, Castagna still working his way back he's, into the team. I don't he, think he's been like, he fully fit. He didn't play fit. against Palace, but he played in the, uh, the, the Manchester United game and the game before that, if I'm, I remember correctly. The Tottenham game, the Tottenham win, he played in that. So he's working his way back to fitness. It's... I, they're going to be hanging around there. They they hung around for like the last until the last game week or so last year, and they've only really lost one influential player from that team, Chilwell, and seem to have replaced him well enough. So, yeah, I, I don't think there's any reason why they uh, they would drop off completely. But I mean, the only way I could maybe see that happening is a untimely Vardy injury, which we haven't seen for years. So why would you assume that? So, yeah, the the Newcastle game is a different test for them on uh, Sunday. I don't know if I'm going to watch it, but uh, we're, we're seeing Newcastle kind of Jekyll and Hyde themselves in terms of, they, you know how they're going to set up, but sometimes they're great defensively and sometimes they're uh, complete dog shit and just can't get on the ball and end up losing two or three nil. So, so what I'll say is right now, I kind of feel like Burnley have distanced themselves, distanced themselves with just one loss in the last five games, picking up wins against Arsenal, Wolves, and Sheffield, especially the Sheffield one, was was quite big. And um, you know they only they got a one 0 loss against Leeds, but I think they've kind of distanced themselves from that relegation. They seem to do this every year. But Brighton, I'm a little bit worried about Brighton. I think yeah. they could be the one team that really gets sucked in with with Fulham and West Brom to be that like those those three teams are going to be vying for relegation. So we got to keep an eye on this Brighton side, see if they can turn around. Maopai, it seems like the goals have really dried yeah, up for Brighton of late. Like, we used to think of them strikers in games. And yeah, finish some damn absolutely. chances. God's sake. It's uh it's been interesting to watch that, you know, a team that is usually good at possession and, and attacking football has really kind of fallen off of that of late. So watch for that. Fulham, four straight draws. It's not the worst for Fulham, honestly. Like I'm gonna say they've definitely gotten themselves back into contention of not gonna hundred percent gonna be relegated. I think it's between them, Brighton, and then a little bit Burnley, but I think we're seeing Burnley pull away. They play Fulham next, so that's a huge game. Honestly, that's a huge six-pointer. Burnley Fulham. I know that that's like we were saying. That's going to be a, a, a not a fun one to watch, but it's a, it's actually a really bit important game when it comes to this season. So, lots of big games to look forward to this weekend. Arsenal not really back, but might, still might happy to. Now I, I look forward to watching the games again. Might be back. Might be back. No. 
let's get our third win in a row and then I'll, I'll be happy. Um, we haven't done that all, at all this season. So lots of fun games to look forward to. Everyone have a happy new year. Hope you guys had a Merry Christmas. Follow us on the social media at JavierRev9, at uh, ASMoss92 for me and at Andrew Pissarro. And of course, at uh, Pod for Twitter and Instagram. Until next time. Bye.